What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Love Yourself First. Today's topic of Domestic Violence Awareness Month is survival strategy and leaving. And to start it off, I wanted to go ahead and let this be the main plot about everything that goes on with this. Leaving boils down to one main thing. Having a plan and sticking to that plan. Don't deviate from the plan. Don't allow someone to convince you not to go forward with the plan. If you want to go through the whole alphabet of plan A, B, C, whatever, the whole alphabet, I don't care. The bottom line is that the conclusion to every plan needs to be you leaving. So without further ado, I did mention that we were going to have a guest on the show today. And that guest happens to be my best friend, Jay. So she is going to talk us through how she peeped some of the red flags and was able to safely exit the whole relationship alive and well and some other things but without further ado here is jay hello um i am jay um best friends for life sierra is my thunder buddy for life um um, so yeah as she mentioned um i'm gonna walk y'all through a couple of the ways that i was able to see the red flags in my own relationship so um first and foremost um it was a blessing having a friend that was comfortable enough to talk about uh, the struggles of her relationship and everything, because if she hadn't talked to me about the things that she went through in her relationship and, you know, discussed in depth the conversations and things that happened, I would have never been able to, you know, see them coming in my own relationship. So um, one of the red flags that I noticed was um, control. It came very slowly, um, but it was coming. It went from, you know, hey, babe, you know, go hang out, have fun with your friends. You know, I don't care if you smoke cigarettes because I, I, you know, not everyone's a fan, but I do. Um, It went from that to, well, I quit smoking cigarettes, so you have to smoke cigarettes. And then it went from, well, I can't go out tonight, so you can't go out tonight. And then it went from that to, well, I don't like what you're wearing, even though he bought it, you know? So, um things like that. Uh, one thing is control. Another thing is the manipulation. Um, it'll sound like they love and are expressing their feelings, but it comes out kind of like, if you loved me, then you would do this. Or mm-hmm. if you loved me as much as you say you do, then you would listen to me or you would obey me. That's what a wife is supposed to do. That's what a husband is supposed to do. You know, you're supposed to do these things or whatever. And fact of the matter is that's where that comes in with marital rape people talk about how Mm -hmm. that's not a thing or whatever that is definitely Definitely a thing at any point in time if you are not trying to have sex it is fully and within your right to not want to have sex and if your partner doesn't understand that i'm sorry but they're a rapist in my opinion and that happens a lot with i feel like domestic violence like because there's a lot of in my in my case, it's been a lot of like my ex sitting there saying, "Well, you know, you're you're my wife. You're still my wife. That's your wifely duty. That's what you're supposed to do." And mm-hmm. it didn't matter that I was in searing pain. You know, I was going through a whole bunch of things because actually, whenever I had given birth to my son, I developed endometriosis after that. And I mean, Google that. That's a whole lot of pain, whole <laughs> lot of problems, whole lot of blood. Like I no, I couldn't do it. I really couldn't. And I was ridiculed for it. I was insulted for it. And I was abused for it. So everything she's sitting there saying, man, we was sitting there about to deal with the same exact thing. It was Mm -hmm. wild. And what's crazy about it all is that we best friends, both of our abusers ended up being best friends to this day. 
wild. <laughs> yeah, and what's crazy about all of that is uh, we actually found a point where my ex was saying verbatim the same things that her ex would say to her. And she was telling me, girl, like, get out. Like, you just got to go. Like, you need yeah. to get out. So, you know, at first, you know, I was the in denial one. I was the, you know, no, girl, it's just because, because in my situation, um, he deployed shortly after we got married. So in my situation, I'm thinking, you know, he's just, you know, in a different zone. You know, maybe it's just, you know, he, he just needs some time. You know, I was that he just needs some time kind of girl, right? Until I got a phone call at 2 o'clock in the morning. And I was getting cussed out for not putting together a dining room table after I had just had an epileptic episode. So y'all tell me how fair that was. You know, he he wasn't going to be back from that (laughs) deployment for months, for like eight, eight months still. And she's getting, you know, yelled at for not putting together a table. And she's got all these medical issues happening and he's not even present for it at all. So he don't know what the hell's happening. He's not trying to reach out, you know, to see how she's doing or anything. He just calling to yell at her. Like, for what, you know? But that's when we had started to pinpoint that a lot of the things that he was sitting here saying to her were exactly what my ex had said to me or had done to me at some point. And then when we realized that, because they were both actually deployed at the same time in the same exact area, that's when we put it together that they were best friends at that point. And there were, like, times where she would actually talk to him and he'd be like, oh, yeah, you know, we cool, we cool, whatever. And, like, now still to this day, like, they're still trying to do little things to mess with us, trying to get to mm-hmm. us or whatever. You know, one of them followed me on Twitter, and then the other one tried to hit up, hit her up or whatever to hang out or whatever, you know. Yep. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's really the same thing. You know, abusers tend to flock together, and they tend to influence other people to become abusers as well. That's why they're toxic people, and you have to get rid mm-hmm. of them, honestly. That's, that's just the bottom line. You got to get away from them. Because they're going to keep dragging you down. They're going to keep brainwashing you. They're going to keep manipulating you. And like she said, a lot of the manipulation, it sounds, some of it honestly sounds sweet. Yeah. It sounds so sweet. Like they, they paint this beautiful picture for you to, to make you think that this is what the relationship is going to be. Remember in the last episode, I said that there are going to be sweet moments. Like yeah. there's no doubt about it. You're going to have so many sweet moments. But please keep in mind that they are just moments. Things are not going to remain like that at all. Narcissistic abusers cannot have it that way because they have to have it their way. It's it's their way or it's nothing in their in their mind. That's how it works for them. Yeah. So if you're going to stay with a narcissistic, narcissistic abuser, please be aware of that because you're not going to have things your way. You're not going to come first. Your health, your happiness, your needs in general are not going to come first. Mm-hmm. Like... Sex in general to me during my marriage was a chore. And mm-hmm. that's horrible. That's absolutely horrible. Like, it was so horrible for me because it was always about him. Mm-hmm. It was about his pleasure, his happiness, if it felt good to him. It didn't matter if I was hurting. It didn't matter if what he was doing was hurting me or bothering me or it was uncomfortable or unpleasurable in any way. It was horrible. So, you have to keep in mind that these are things that you're going to be living with if you continue to stay. So listening to these red flags is so vital. It's so important. Like just to hear, you know, that you're getting a call at two o'clock in the morning, you know, when you're missing someone that's overseas, you know, you're worried about them and everything. And all they're worried about is, damn, you still ain't put that fucking table together. Excuse my language. But like, that's all that, you know, has to be said at two o'clock in the morning. You know, like she had to get up early in the morning for work and everything too. Like, no, that's 
horrible. That's a big giant red flag. And she was so lucky to have, you know, paid attention to it. And yeah. I remember her saying, I left before he got the chance to do it. Yep. Because before she she left before this man even came back from the deployment. Because yep. she already saw it coming and she didn't want to give nobody no chance to even try to raise their hand to her. I'm crazy, y'all. I wanna <laughs> go to jail. <laughs> But uh, like another example of uh, that narcissistic personality and mentality um, is my my husband, y'all, two weeks married. Prior, when we were dating, he had this female friend. Little did I know, two months prior to us getting together, they were dating, right? And I asked about her because she still has the, you know, the hard eye emojis and everything. And he's, oh, that's my, yeah, that's my ex. He was honest, y'all. But I told him, I said, hey, I'm not really comfortable with how often y'all text. And what I mean by that, y'all, is her name was on his phone before both of us woke up. Okay? So he, he assures me that, you know, I'll tell her that we can't, you know, talk anymore. And I'm thinking, you know, it's my husband, you know, right on, babe. You know, that's what he, that's what you're going to do. Y'all, not even two weeks after we get married. He, the day that he's supposed to deploy, he's still texting his ex. And it wasn't the regular, hey, you know, what's going on, what's happening. It was the, hey, I miss you. It was the, here's my mailing address so you can send me a care package. And when I confronted him about it, y'all, there was no, I'm sorry. There was no anything. I told him, I said, when we got married, I made sure that there were no room for exes to penetrate our, our relationship. And the first thing he said to me, y'all, was, well, I didn't ask you to do that. Now, if that isn't narcissistic, I don't know what is. But this one friend, this one supposed friend was so important that it was, you know, worth leaving your wife at home halfway across the world unhappy. Y'all notice the red flags before it gets too deep. If you if you see the red flags and sees the warning signs, you have to know and understand that nothing but destruction is going to come behind that. Yep. You have to get out and get out as soon as you can. And if you're already in it, there is still a light at the end of the tunnel. Yep. There is. There's always going to be light as long as you remain hopeful about the matter and you remain dedicated to yourself and your health and welfare as much as you're sitting here trying to be dedicated to this relationship mm -hmm. while somebody else isn't being dedicated to it. The same thing happened in my marriage in the beginning and actually throughout the, the whole relationship in general. There were women in his past and that we had come across when we had joined the military together and he was constantly messaging them, saying things to them that, you know, he would be saying to me and everything like that. And I kept on bringing it up. I kept on asking him. I kept on saying, can you please not do that? You know, but let a man pop up in my phone at all. Any man. It World did War not three. matter. Yeah, exactly. World War Three. Right off the bat. If a dude's name popped up on my my screen or whatever, if he saw me messaging somebody or whatever, if I smiled at my phone and it wasn't him. There was a big problem about that. But he was allowed to sit there and make, you know, plans and stuff with girls that he had already slept with. He was allowed to message his ex-girlfriend about how she missed him and was so upset that she wasn't with him anymore because her new boyfriend um, isn't good enough or whatever. Like, he was allowed to do all of that. But literally, if one man messaged me, if one man looked at me a certain way and I looked at them, if I sat next to one man, it was a problem. I specifically remember a time whenever I was in AIT, the school part of, you know, my military life, and I was sitting next to a dude in the smoke pit while we were all, you know, waiting, you know, taking a break from our class and everything. He had marched by with his platoon and he saw me sitting next to the guy and he saw me stand up because I, I knew I was in trouble for mm -hmm. sitting next to him. I stood up 
and we was about to go out you know to meet up with the whole company after that when we met up with the whole company you know what he did he walked right up to me in the middle of this entire formation he ripped the promise ring or the engagement ring actually we were engaged at the time he ripped the engagement ring off of my finger threw it into the field and all of my battle buddies around me got to see him lash out at me in the middle of formation yelling at me talking about how I'm a whore saying all types of stuff about how I'm doing all types of you know things I'm not supposed to be doing or whatever in a relationship when I didn't do any of that I was lucky to have the battle buddies and friends that I did have at the time because they made sure that while we were all marching in formation and everything they hid me from the sergeants so that they couldn't see me bawling my eyes out in the middle of this formation like he embarrassed the living hell out of me all because I was sitting next to this guy mm -hmm. now if that guy had any other intentions you know that's not my problem I had no idea of it I was just sitting okay mm -hmm. <laughs> I wasn't doing nothing at all so that's that's something that you have to keep in mind as well is that whenever you're wanting to fight back whenever you're wanting to stand strong and, and whatever you know pick your fights accordingly please mm -hmm. pick your fights accordingly because there are times when it's perfectly okay and it's time for you you know stand up for yourself fight back against you know the oppression and abuse that you're dealing with but then there's other times where it, it could be your life yeah. it could be your life that's at stake and you cannot stand up all the time that's why the age-old question is always asked of every woman and every person that comes forward to say hey i was abused the question is always why didn't you just leave why didn't you just walk away why didn't you just do that why didn't you just do that and it's really just the simplest answer of it's not that fucking easy it's not it's not at all it's really not because the only reason it was easy for me is because he was deployed exactly <laughs> exactly she she had a, a better chance of getting out than most people can be grateful to have honestly because yeah. her her abuser was not actually physically here you know she didn't she actually didn't have to worry about him you know coming out the bedroom at two o'clock in the morning while she's packed up her stuff and she's leaving or whatever and he's yeah. you know like nah you ain't going nowhere she didn't have to worry about none of that you know she was able to save her a little bit of her money get herself a new apartment get the things that she needed and go and mm -hmm. she made sure that she left everything, you know, in a decent state or whatever, you know, so that she would make sure that there was no room for an argument about it. Mm -hmm. There was no and it room. it was still an argument. Yeah, and it was still an argument because he still wasn't getting what he wanted. And at the mm -hmm. end of the day, that was the control over her. Like, mm -hmm. that. that's it. It's, it's not about... It's not about, you know, just having someone, you know, because they're not worried about having someone. They need to exhibit control over something, over someone. They need, they, they always seem to feel the need to treat someone like a dog. I've, mm -hmm. I, that's what I've come to realize yeah. about it. They want someone to obey whatever it is that they're wanting. They want someone to do whatever it is that they're saying to do, no matter what, without question. And that is exactly what people train dogs for. They train dogs to sit on command, to poop on command, to pee on command, all that. So a lot of times that's something that you need to look look into as well. Like, are they talking about how they want you to be in the relationship the same manner that you would expect someone to talk about how they want a dog to be obeying right. and listening and doing what they're told? Because you're not a dog. <laughs> Speaking of that, when it comes to dating, right? Because you, I know, I know that there are some people out there. Because I've been asked this question, like, how did you not see this before y'all got married? Yes. How did you not see this before it got too deep? Understand that even what is it, a chameleon? That is a chameleon. Okay, yeah. even a chameleon can camouflage its covers for as long as it needs to. Yep. You know what I mean? So in my case, 
none of that controlling nature, none of that. Now, were there hints and signs of it? Yes. But I was so deep into the love portion, I didn't really see those. So, when it comes to dating these narcissistic pieces of shit, because I'm just, excuse my language, but that's exactly (laughs) what we're going to call them. Um, There are certain things that you can see while they're dating. Prime example, I went on a date with a guy in the past, and I saw that he was a violent narcissistic dude, basically because we couldn't even enjoy dinner because someone else in the in, in the restaurant's looking at him, you know, and he just can't control it. Or why is somebody looking at my woman? Why are they looking at her like that? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, there are certain things, there are certain things that'll come out in conversation. Like whenever you bring up their past situation, if they're, if it's always the ex's fault, if it's always the ex, there's no thing that they can learn from it. They were probably the narcissist in the, in the situation. Yeah. So try to check if something doesn't sound right in the first conversation let it not sound right and analyze it. Don't just blow, blow it over. Don't chalk it up to a bad day today. No, listen to those conversations. Listen to those red flags. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times people get possession and love completely mixed up. Mm-hmm. And throw lust up in the whole equation. It's and a yeah. whole party right there. <laughs> yep. There is a big difference between possession, lust, and love. And oftentimes, like I had mentioned in the last episode as well, we get caught up in that fantasy in the beginning. You know, Mm -hmm. we're imagining how things could be. Mm -hmm. We're imagining how we, you know, our dream relationship or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, this person's so great, so wonderful. Things have been so nice. You know, I can't wait till we have our little white picket fence, you know, a couple years down the road and all Mm -hmm. that. You get caught up in that fantasy and immediately you start to deviate from reality. You start to just sit there and picture what things could be rather than what they are. Yeah. And that's exactly where we get lost every single time. Mm-hmm. You know, like she said, you know, it's it's not you don't just see an abuser right off the bat. Ninety nine percent of the time, you're not going to see that person like that at all in the very beginning. You're going to see this this Prince Charming, this, this you know, Mrs. Right, whatever. Or they might the try beginning. to play like the broken soul yes. that's just battling his demons mm-hmm. right now. They'll sit there and pull out the cards of, oh, my ex is just crazy. You know, she's just mm-hmm. this, he's just that or whatever. But if they don't ever want to sit there and talk about what it is that they did in the relationship, that's a red flag to me. Mm-hmm. Because I, after, honestly, after everything I've sat here and gone through with my ex, for the longest time, I believed him and his family when they were sitting here saying that his ex was crazy. I I truly believed it because the girl actually hit my car one day. She sideswiped me and I wasn't in the car at the time, but you know, she did it. And I was just like, oh my God, this bitch is crazy, you know? But Mm -hmm. after all these years, I see that they drove that girl crazy. She went through a huge weight fluctuation where she lost so much weight and she was like, she was someone who was like way taller than me. So she needed to be like at a healthy weight. She would have been like 130, 150 maybe. And she went down to less than 100 pounds after dealing with them. And then she skyrocketed after she had left him and she gained a whole bunch of weight and went back up, you know, to an actual a healthy weight at that point. So she lost like a good 50 pounds just dealing with them and all the stress that they bring and then gained it right back once she had left them coincidence i think not (laughs) so i mean now like i i get it you know she didn't have to hit my car but like i get it Mm -hmm. you know i I get it i understand i really do to be honest like it she's not crazy in my opinion now and for the longest time all they sat there and said was oh well she's crazy she's this she's that Mm -hmm. but she wasn't Mm -hmm. she really wasn't she had been driven crazy by psychotic people Mm -hmm. that was it at the end of the day so i mean these are a lot of red flags that I really should have, you know, noticed at the time. 
and I really wish I would have, you know, but things happen. So, you know, like I was, everything I had covered in the first episode about this, like, it's it's important to know your opponent, your, you know, whatever it is that you're wanting to call them, whatever title you want to give them. I, for the longest time, have decided to name my abuser Fuckface. That is his title at this point in my life and it is an appropriate title in my opinion so whatever you would like to have you know that title be for you by all means but it may seem scary in the beginning to leave it really will it'll seem scary especially you know if you are being financially abused as well in all of this you know you're you're gonna be scared and i get it it's it is scary change is not something that's easy i'm really not a big fan of change at all to be honest but you're going to feel like you're losing something good, believe it or not. You really will feel like that for a minute. But you have no idea what beauty and what love awaits you. The grass truly is greener on the other side when it is actually watered and taken care of. Mm -hmm. And that's the big difference is that your grass has not been watered. It has not been taken care of at all. There is no love there truly that you are losing at the end of the day. What you're losing are those moments that we talked about those fantasy moments where things are so wonderful that you really believe that things could be, you know, wonderful forever or something. And at the end of the day, it's just a facade, you know, just like the facade that they go out in the world and put on, you know, while they're in the house beating you up, mm -hmm. they're out in the world smiling at every, everybody else, you know, opening doors for, you know, little old ladies or something, you mm -hmm. know, and they are this, you know, great charismatic person to so many other people out there. But meanwhile, you get to see the brute force at home. You get to see the true person at home, the, the abuser, the narcissism, the anger, the aggression, all of it, the possession. You get to see all of that at home, but no one else gets to see that. So these facades are the same thing. These fantasies that you're putting on for yourself in your mind, thinking that things could last like this, that's a facade that you're putting on for yourself. Stay dedicated to reality, please. Mm -hmm. Always stay true to reality, just like she said. Like, you have to make sure that you don't get so wrapped up in what you wish it could be that you end up losing your life behind what reality really is. Like, prime example, one of my biggest red flags was when I was in uh, Walmart with, well, he was my fiancé at the time. But he said in the most serious tone that, like, if I told him I was going to throw, like, a bag of chips or something at him, I don't remember. But it was something like a joke, you know? And... He sits there and says, if you throw that bag of chips at me, I'm going to beat the shit out you. That is something right there. You always pay attention to what people joke about because mm -hmm. whenever they joke about certain things, they just want to see what they get away with. Yeah. That's, that's, one, that's one thing that you always have to understand. You always have to be mindful of. And in my experience, I'm not saying this is everyone because there are some true legitimate gentlemen out there. And there are some true, because, you know, sometimes we don't talk about this part, but there are some true, you know, women that are out there that act like, you know, they can you can bring them home to mother. But mm -hmm. that's not who they really are. And you have to sit there and take the time to analyze those people. But in my experience, the ones who are the nicest to to the mo to the majority, the ones who are the nicest and kindest in society, those are the ones that are the worst behind doors. Yep. Those are the ones that you have to look out for. Those are the ones, you know, have y'all ever noticed in, in, in all the movies, I, I don't mean to bring fic fiction to reality, but in all the movies, the serial killer is the last one you expect because he's the model citizen. He keeps everything he's the clean. Pastor, yep, you know, he's the pastor. He's, he's the, the pastor. Yep, or he's the, he's the one that works at the daycare. He's the one that runs the youth group. Mm -hmm. He's something that you would never expect, but he's always close. all the donuts for the office. You know, <laughs> you know. So you always got to be mindful. And whenever you sit, like I said before, and I will continue to say it, 
when you hear something that's not right, let it not be right with you and figure out why. Let it resonate with you and try to figure out why. Because the fact of the matter is, your life could t- potentially be in the hands of the next relationship you involve yourself in. You have to be very, very careful. Not everyone is lucky enough to get out. Not everyone is lucky enough to see the red flags, which is why we're making this podcast. So that yep. would make it a little bit easy, you know, but everyone has to be safe, guys. Y'all yeah. have to be safe. So getting into the plan and, you know, survival strategy and everything, I mentioned the plan. It boils down to, like I said, one thing, having a plan, a good one and sticking to it. Now you can have plan A, B, C, D, E, F, G, all the whole alphabet, 26 plans. I don't give a damn. But like I said, every conclusion needs to be the same. You need to be leaving and you need to be dedicated to that plan. So what goes into a good plan and, you know, making sure that what you're what you're about to do for yourself, for your children, whatever the case may be, the dog, the cat, I don't know what it all really needs to entail is, like I said, with the first episode, knowing your opponent, no specifics about your opponent. Mm -hmm. You need to know what time are they getting up? What time are they going to work? How long are they going to be at work? Do they come home for a lunch break? Are they going to come home for a lunch break? You know, think about all of those little specifics right there. What time do they go to bed? What time do they do all these little bitty things? That way you can already have things planned out. And also, who in your area is someone or in your life in general is someone that you can reach out to? Who is your safe haven? Do you have anyone at all? Is there someone that you know you could go to? Is there anyone in the community in general that is safe? Because like I said as well in the last episode, there are times when, you know, our abuser is close with some of the police officers or they are in the force themselves, you know, and things like that make things a little more complicated. So you have to get smart about who it is you're about to go to. Now, I highly recommend neighbors, Mm -hmm. um, especially because like for me, I was in the military, so I didn't know my neighbors. I've I've never made it a point to get to know my neighbors, to be honest. It's probably not always a good thing. But I've made it a point to not get to be attached to them. Because when I was in that relationship, I wasn't allowed to have friends already as it was. You know, they were already being taken away from me. So that wasn't something I felt safe and confiding in at the time. But if my abuser was gone... I had a little bit of free reign at that point to decide, you know, do I want to go next door? Do I want to go across the street? Do I need to go uptown? Do I need to go down the street? Something, you know, I had a plan in mind of, you know, where am I going to go? Who am I going to go to? And I said this also before, do not make the decision to leave evidence of this plan. The best and safest absolute possible way to make this plan is in your head, entirely in your goddamn head. That is the absolute safest because the last thing you need to do is write it all down on your little notebook or whatever and you don't have no privacy already as it is. And next thing you know, they're reading your plan Mm -hmm. verbatim. They already know what you're about to do. Do not write it down. Don't send the text message or nothing like that. You can use cold words or something Mm -hmm. maybe, but that's about it. Don't send no type of evidence that will show that you already had the plan because then they have your whole playbook. That's it. They, They got the plan right there. So... Think about that. Who is in your area or someone that you can reach out to? Are there programs? Are there shelters in your area that you can reach out to so that you're not homeless after this fact? Because that's a lot of a big part about leaving when you're in a marriage, especially, is that people sit there and they don't know where they're going to go because they don't have any money. You know, they don't have a car or 
they don't have you know the, the means to live outside of the household outside of the relationship so where where are your resources if you need me to you know look up in your area some resources that's fine go ahead send me a message we'll look it up together but google is your best friend in this time and a big thing as well what evidence if i could get the word out what evidence do you have i i think i mentioned before invest in a recorder like not one on your phone or whatever like i'm talking like the manual like you press the button it's recording the tape and everything mm -hmm. invest in a recorder do you have that do you have cameras, you know, security cameras, you know, something, a nanny cam, whatever, something of that matter, you need to have some evidence to back all of this up. And mm -hmm. this is where, you know, making friends with a neighbor or whatever is very valuable as well. Because if the neighbor hears you screaming, if the neighbor hears him or her screaming or whatever, that is a good thing to know. It was a good thing to have that that help and that evidence right there. Because when I li when I limped across that street, that neighbor that I limped across to, she saved so much for me by saying in her witness statement that she saw the visible choking marks all around my neck. I had nothing but purple and red all around my neck and my collarbone, my face. She said it all in her witness statement. And that saved me so much in so many different ways. So keep all that in mind. When you're, when you're making this plan, keep all of that in mind. What, who, when, where, why, all of it absolutely all of it and please like i said do not write it down don't write it down survival depends entirely on your will your will to live do you want to live like how badly do you want to live how badly do you want to stay on this earth for yourself for your kids for your animals for your family you know for anything in life how bad do you want it because that's what it depends on at the end of the day that's that's it that's it right there how bad do you want it? Because it is very possible to leave and to get out. You're talking to two people right now that are living proof of how bad we wanted it and we did it. Mm -hmm. And I'm still here. She's still here because we have better in mind for ourselves. We, we have a better plan for ourselves. And it doesn't include staying around with people who don't really care about us. And don't have any means to, you know, do better for us or make a better life for us or help us, you know, to create a better life together. We made a, a good decision that saved our lives. And not everyone is lucky enough to make this decision the way that we have. Mm -hmm. So please depend on yourself, depend on your will and figure out how badly do you want this to end how badly do you want it to, to be over with, to be somewhere happier and healthier? Because I'm telling you, I had no idea that the grass could be this green. I had no idea that I could be this healthy again. Mm -hmm. I had no idea that I could be this happy, this this free again. I, I couldn't do some of the simplest things. I couldn't wear a bra. I, I couldn't not wear a bra out in public or in my own house. Like if I had a friend over or if there was company over in general and I didn't have my bra on, that meant that I was trying to have sex with somebody else. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what that meant to him. Mm -hmm. If I wore makeup to work, mm -hmm. I was trying to have sex with somebody at work. If I wore makeup outside of the house and he wasn't going to be with me, I, it meant that I was going to have sex with somebody else. Yep. Fact of the matter is, is that somebody exhibiting that much control over you is never going to be a healthy person to have in your life at all and pick your fights wisely because a lot of people will sit there and say well why didn't you fight back why didn't you do this why didn't you do that it's not always safe mm -mm. for me 
fighting back whenever he was drunk was the worst thing I could ever mm -hmm. do. It was so much safer for me to honestly just take it. Because that night that he gave me that cantaloupe-sized bruise, that night he was drunk. Incredibly drunk. And my phone ended up being broke. My lips were busted. I got uppercut. He stood over me and molly me until I couldn't walk. I was bleeding and bloodied and bruised up. And it was better if I would have just sat down and just let him get his little hits out, honestly. It really would have been more beneficial for me, for my health, to just not fight back sometimes. But I couldn't. I couldn't just lay down and take it. I really could never be that person. And it stressed me out more, honestly, <laughs> at the end of the day. But I still came out alive because I picked my fights accordingly. Mm -hmm. So a good time, like I said again, last episode, I said, know your opponent. What are their weaknesses? When are they at the weakest? Is it whenever they're, you know, going to sleep? Whenever they are asleep? Whenever, you know, they've just waking up or whatever, you know? Or is it whenever, is it whenever they're drunk? Some people are actually very sleepy drunks. So you might actually have a better chance of getting out at that time. You know, not everybody's an aggressive drunk. Mm -hmm. So think about those times as well. Because if ever the time comes whenever you're about to leave and things don't go accordingly... You need to decide right then and there, what is the best opportunity of survival at this point? What is the best thing for me to do in order to survive? What lie can I make up so that things don't go south right now and I don't lose my life or someone else doesn't lose theirs? It is a really difficult process and that's why I can't walk you through everything about it. I can't unfortunately because there are way too many scenarios there are way too many different outcomes but it all boils down to you thinking as hard as you possibly can planning as much as you possibly can that is your best survival rate think and plan accordingly do not just sit there and one one time in the middle of the night you know i'm gonna pack my bag i'm gonna pack the kids bags and we're just gonna go while he's asleep do not just come up with some off the whim plan like that it's not gonna work it has a very, very low success rate, and that has been proven time and time again, unfortunately, by so many people who are now not with us because they didn't plan it out. They didn't think that, you know, they needed to go through all the details and steps and everything, and they did. They really needed to. So know your opponent. Know exactly who you're up against, what they are about, what they feel, what they don't feel, what they like, what they don't like, you know, what sticks out to them that can be a strength to you what is their weakness that is your strength against them find out what that is that is the most valuable thing that you can do whenever you are trying to survive and leave safely and whenever you are fighting back please remember that everything is a weapon everything. absolutely everything. everything everything i don't care what it is everything is a weapon what it is if you, I, someone told me one time, oh, you can't kill someone with a plastic spoon. <laughs> I think you um, can. Um, I will John Wick you with a pencil. I am Don't telling play you, with me. everything is a weapon. If you can use it to stab in any mm -hmm. manner, it is a weapon. If you need tips and if you need suggestions on what is a weapon, watch John Wick 1, 2, and 3. Yes. I'm telling you, absolutely everything is a weapon. I don't care if you have to throw a lamp. Whatever it is, just know that everything, everything within reach is a weapon. If you hit it hard enough, if you throw it hard enough, whatever the case may be, it's a weapon. 
And at the end of the day, your legs and your arms do not stop working. Okay? They don't. Also, there are videos. There are numerous videos that Mm -hmm. show you self-defense mechanisms, how to um, get your opponent in a submissive state from positions that you wouldn't even think you could get out of, from a headlock, from a scissor lock. Like, there are plenty of videos. Just look up self-defense videos. They break it down, you know, real step-by-step. And... Guys, it could save your life, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like, I learned I learned a, um, a couple of weeks ago how to get out of a zip tie and out of somebody having um, a noose around your neck. Yep. It's very, it's a lot simpler than y'all think. All you got to do is not panic. Yeah. But for, for, for your life, for those who love you, please sit around the house. It may sound crazy, but I do it. So, I mean, I, I can't attest to it not being crazy. I'm a little crazy. But... <laughs> But when you're sitting around the house, just look. Like, how could I use this spoon as a weapon? You know, you sit there in, in my... Okay, prime example. Just how she used a plastic spoon, right? Most people think you can't use a plastic spoon. I'll give you two ways right off the top of my head. You sit there. If you can get close enough to that eye, you scoop it out. Mm-hmm. Does it or sound, just stab it. Or stab it. Or if you... I was getting ready to say, or you turn it around to the other side and you stab it. Or, yep. if, you, or if you can sit there and break it, you break it. Now you stab them in the cheek. You stab yep. them right there in the side of their neck. Or you can stab them in that nice little inner part of their thigh. <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying I know, but I know. So, but everything is a weapon, okay? You're talking to survival survivalists right here. Yeah. Like, when, when we come into a room as, as victims of abuse and sexual assault, especially... I feel like a lot of people can resonate with this. When we come into a room, we look at all the exits. Yep. What is the quickest? And we make sure our back is up against the wall. Exactly. (laughs) What is the quickest and safest way to escape whatever may happen in this situation? If anything happens, you know, like we Mm -hmm. we already got a plan on how the hell we are about to save our own asses whenever we come into a room. And that is not necessarily a bad thing in my opinion it's truly not because anything can happen okay it may not even be a situation that you're even expecting you know you may be sitting there worried about going into a room full of dudes and you know some some murderer tries to break in Mm -hmm. and it's not related to your situation at at all all. so i mean it's not a bad thing okay we're not crazy we're surviving and we're surviving well so Take it all into to consideration, for real. Because there's a lot of people who have taught themselves Taekwondo and all that. Taught themselves how to subdue and, you know, effectively remove a threat mm-hmm. from the room. Just by watching YouTube videos on it all. Like, honestly, YouTube and Google like crazy. Because you will save your life right now. You really will. To mm-hmm. find out all these little videos on how to, you know, how to subdue somebody. How to get somebody to, you know, back down or whatever. How to escape somebody's control or, you know, zip ties or whatever the case may be. All valid things that are so important to know. And like I said about your arms and your legs. The biggest thing when you're watching a movie with me and I see a girl or somebody get kidnapped. It's usually a girl mm-hmm. when she gets kidnapped or whatever. I, for all, whatever reason, always notice the thing is the same in every movie. These girls don't use their legs. They don't. Okay? No. And look, there's a very, very, very vulnerable spot that everyone knows about. Mm-hmm. Very vulnerable. Like, <laughs> when you're watching the movie very with me. southern region. You're, you're going you're gonna to think I'm angry and, like, you're not going to be wrong. Because I'm going to be sitting there like, why aren't you kicking? <laughs> you mm-hmm. know? You got, you got powerful legs right there. You Just use them. Just kick, okay? Kick and don't stop kicking Mm-mm. until you are free from that grasp, okay? I, I don't care. I don't care how badly you don't want to hurt someone. They want to hurt you. Exactly. That's exactly what you need to keep in mind right there. 
you may not want to hurt nobody. You may mm-hmm. not want to kill nobody. You could, be, you could be one of those people who takes a, takes a mouse that you find in the house and, and you, you release it, it back into yeah. the wild. Spiders and stuff. You might but be that you, type of person. I'm going to tell you right now, whoever is punching and kicking and yelling and screaming and cussing you out does not care about your feelings. Nope. Nor have they ever, nor would they will in the future. Nope. Okay? And if you end up getting hurt to a point where you are either in a hospital bed or a casket... That is not really on their mind while they're sitting there doing that to you. So what your mindset needs to be stuck on in those moments is not, oh my gosh, why is this happening? Why are they doing this to me? It needs to be, I need to survive Mm -hmm. and I need to get the hell out. That's exactly where your mind needs to be. And that's it. That's it. Stop worrying about them. Stop worrying about how you need to help them, how you want to help them, how, oh, well, they just need some therapy. They need to get better whatever. Sis, you're going to need the therapy. You need to get better. You need to be alive. And yeah. that is what your primary concern needs to be stuck on, and that's it. Because as soon as they beat you into a casket, they're going to make up some type of story that even your family will say that doesn't sound like you, and then they're going to move on to the next victim. Yep. They're going to call you crazy. They're going to try and discredit you to whoever they can to try and make it seem like, you know, you're the problem. There's nothing wrong, you know, with anybody else. You know, it's just you the whole time. But that's not the case at all. Do not let that manipulation, you know, stick in your head at all, please. Because that's not the case. You're not crazy. You're not insane. You're not looking for attention. You're looking for a way out. And you have every right to do so. You have every right to protect yourself and your babies, your family, whatever the case may be, you have every right to do that. Mm-hmm. So like we said, in that moment, survive. That's it. Nothing else needs to be on your mind. Survive. And how am I going to do it? That's it. Go mm-hmm. through the thought process, but please think everything out, plan everything out. Don't be doing stuff on the whim all the time because that's not it's not effective for survival. It's just not. Mm-mm. But be prepared for whatever could happen. That's, that's all you can do at this point is just be prepared for whatever can happen. So with that being said, we have gone way over our time limit, as I always do. <laughs> I'm sure y'all are used to it at this point, so I'm not even going to say sorry for it anymore. But yeah, I wouldn't apologize, <laughs> But I am so grateful for y'all to be listening. I'm so grateful for all the feedback I've been getting, especially lately. Like, you guys are really boosting me, like, so much. Like, it, it really drives me to keep doing this for you guys, so I'm really grateful for that. Please keep on giving me your feedback. And like I said, reach out to me. If you're in a situation, you need, you need to talk about... Excuse, well, excuse me, Mr. Me. Motorcycle Man. Excuse I don't think you had to. All right. Excuse me, sir. I don't think you had to be that loud. At all. You know what, guys? You know what? Since some people want to be rude. Disrespectful. Just disrespectful. Anyway, as I was saying. And then you didn't even get on the bike. Like, what was the point? Trying to impress some little girl or whatever. Goodbye. Whatever. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> Reach out to me if you're in, you know, a situation that you're needing help with. You need to know, like, whatever's in your um, your area, you know, your community. If there's shelters or services available to help people like you in your situation. I will gladly do that research for you. I will gladly, you know, stay on the phone with you, whatever it is that you're needing to do. Hit me up on Instagram. Y'all got my handle. Y'all got the Instagram account. Love yourself a first. Love yourself first official. If I could talk. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Just let me know. I'm, I'm here for you. But I am so happy to have my best friend here. I'm so happy to be here. Talk to y'all, you know. 
I'm so happy to be here. It is an honor and a privilege to be on this podcast, y'all. My best friend is really out here. She is doing her thing. She is sharing her story and she is doing a beautiful job of it, y'all. Um also I don't I'm I don't know a way that she can she can tag me, but listen, if y'all are in one of those situations, now she's the friend that's gonna do all the research and the looking out. Jay's not gonna lie to you. Jay's not gonna do that. But what Jay can do is if you are in one of those situations and you have nobody to call because he or she ran everybody away. You sit there, you call, you can reach out to me on any type of social media and you can, and we'll set it up. You know what I mean? I can have you on the phone while I have the authorities on the other line and we can do it like that. And I'll act like your best friend. Just, Hey girl, Hey, you want pepperoni or do you want cheese? That means do I need to cut him or do we need to call the police? <laughs> but all, all jokes aside, it's been an pro- honor and a privilege and girl, thank you so much for having me. Of course. Of course. Whatever's helping the public. That's what this whole thing's about. Whatever, whatever's helping y'all out there. So Thank you for joining us today and thank you everybody for listening. Like we said, hit us up on Instagram. Her handle is at underscore 38JAE. That is her name. Hit her up if you need her. We will definitely be here for you if you need us. Always. As always, be ready for another episode coming soon.